are listening to Pulpit Fidelis, a podcast that seeks to encourage, equip, and exhort ministers of the local church to always be faithful to the Word of God. Pulpit Fidelis, always faithful. Hello, everyone. This is Jay Knight, your host for Pulpit Fidelis Podcast. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. We thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you. We thank you for serving God where you are in the capacity that you are. And we hope today, as always, that this episode uh, will have something of benefit uh, for you in a way that will uh, show itself, reveal itself in the practical side of your ministry you've been listening in with us for the past few episodes, we've been talking about this theme of behind the pulpit. I want to take a look into the minister's life, his inner life, his motivation, his passion, his purpose. We want to talk about his mindset. I want to deal with some things that make the minister who the minister is, and we trust that God will give us wisdom and enlightenment from his word and how we might best discuss these topics, and be an encouragement to you as you serve the Lord. As always, when we discuss ourselves, as we examine ourselves, we need to be careful that we do not focus so much on what uh, is uh, self-absorbed. We don't need to become prideful or arrogant, which is always a temptation for the man of God. But we also don't need to become uh, obsessed and fixated on our failures. We see Christ as our sufficiency. Uh, We see the power of God uh, by the Holy Spirit as the enablement that we so need to serve the Lord in the capacity where He has us. We never want to forget those uh, two ditches on the side of the road when we think about taking some time, taking a breath, and looking at who we are, why we do what we do, And in these days when so many times, uh, especially as we consider the uh, situation globally as it has been, we've had many opportunities to stop. Uh, We've been forced to stop, some of us, through uh, various uh, problems or hindrances that have come because of the pandemic. We've had to stop, and I trust those times have been beneficial uh, as we have to look, have to uh, uh, we have to gauge where we are, ask some tough questions, think about the future, think about uh, where we would like to be uh, in this thing of serving the Lord. And, and as always, we trust that we have uh, humbled ourselves before Him and uh, given Him our undivided obedience. But nonetheless, it is always a benefit, it is always a blessing when uh, the Lord slows us down and makes us take stock. And we ought to be careful to do that uh, often, consistently throughout our ministry. If we are a minister who is unwilling to question or to uh, delve a little deeper into his motive or into his purpose, then we certainly are going to suffer the consequences of that uh, at a later time. We must always understand our accountability, our accountability to the Lord, our accountability to our family, our accountability to the church or the mission where we serve, always considering that uh, we are answering uh, to God for these things that, as James says, we ought not to be so quick to be teachers, to reach for that position of authority because we are held to that higher judgment. And we have to consider that what we do is under the microscope. 
and that it is an eternal work uh, beyond even what we do here in the earth and who we do it with. We're thinking about how do I please God? How do I, how do I measure up to the standard that has been laid for me? And am I willing to submit my life to the Word of God as I continue to seek to serve the Lord Jesus and preach the gospel. So we've been talking about these uh, these more invested areas of the preacher's life. Today I want to move ahead with that, and we're going to continue in this theme for some weeks. But I want to talk today uh, about the echo versus the voice. This might be a um, a topic of which you have heard before, a phrase. Are you an echo or a voice? You may have heard that question before. I'd like to uh, place that within the ministry context. When we read about Paul and how that he um, uh, communicated with his young protege, his young follower, his student named Timothy, we learn that Paul had a uh, great interest in Timothy's um, uh, his life, not only his life as a minister, but his life before he came to ministry. Timothy was uh, considered by Paul to be a faithful young man. He had a good reputation amongst those in his life, his church. Uh, his family had played a large role in his spiritual walk. Uh, we find where Paul is, con- uh, he is uh, congratulating, he is, uh, he is appreciating what his mother and his grandmother had placed within him, calling Timothy to stir up the gift uh, that had already been invested in him. As we find even in our lives, uh, that uh, what we have is not our own, that we didn't conjure up the passion or the motivation for ministry that we have now, but that God, through his sovereign work, has been uh, throughout our lives, even yet before we understood his grace, he has been pouring his blessing, providing uh, these uh, elements of faithfulness that would be useful to us as we continue, and we thank him for that. So we think about Timothy as a man, as a young man who has been invested in. I'm going to stop and, and talk about that for a moment. I want to, uh, want to caution young ministers not to, uh, not to look over, uh, not to forget the need of elder investment. When I say elder, I don't necessarily mean by age, but I mean those who, with faithfulness and love and compassion for your soul, would be willing to pour into your life. We ought not ever uh, be uh, forgetful of God's work through the saints of God, who through their maturity, through their seasoning and their experience, would invest in us with their counsel, their prayers, their presence. I have found that even some of the greatest times of mutual investment that I have uncovered as a young minister are those times when someone is just willing to sit and be with you. Someone's willing to listen to uh, to you, no matter how immature or how um, you know how quickly you might speak rashly. You might speak because they are patient and they have that Paul-like mentality. They're willing uh, to uh, to step aside with you and walk with you even when they're having to maybe wince at hearing some things that you say. But they're patient and they're merciful. And we thank God for those people. And I, for one, am a product of men of God and women of God who have been willing to do that for me. Those without the agenda uh, to make you a part of whatever, uh, whatever ideology that they have. Uh, and we find that even when people are, are looking to use you or they want you to become like them somehow, and that's their ultimate motive. We find that God even uses them. So don't ever, 
uh, don't ever be forgetful of those that God is using, even those who at the moment you understand perhaps are not necessarily your your favorite person or uh, someone that you believe is having your best interest at heart. Don't forget that God is using all things to sanctify you personally uh, before we talk about ministry, personally looking to sanctify you and then also for ministry's sake, looking to help you, looking to guide you, looking to ensure that you have a long-lasting ministry, one that will not fizzle out before the finish and uh, how how grateful we are for those people. And uh, we find that for every minister, if he's honest, I believe every minister who uh, considers himself uh, to have been in ministry for, for a, any length of time will find that there are places that we really we just have no control over where those who become our closest confidants or our more, uh, our, our more um, beloved um, um, elders, more beloved mature saints that have come along us like older preachers, none of us have really um, come into this thing without their influence. And that can show up in too many different ways. As a young man, I believe every preacher uh, has uh, has many uh, mannerisms, perhaps ways of speaking, uh, turns of phrase uh, that he will get from those that he spent his time around. We're all picking fruit uh, when we start the ministry, and we should continue to do that throughout the ministry, I believe, because we're all seeking to find uh, those things that we can place into our own lives and become useful for those that we serve. I, I learned where Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he, this thing becomes personal for him. He says, uh, there, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. So let's talk about the echo for just a moment. An echo is a noise reverberating off of a surface and returning back. You've all heard the echo. You've maybe been out on a hike or a nature walk in a cavernous place on vacation. You step out and there's an echo in that large expanse. I've been in buildings that because of their size, their particular structure, I speak and the bounce of the sound bounces back to me and I hear it again, a repetition of words already spoken. And all of us, if we're honest and if we're humble enough to accept it, all ministers have the echo uh, as part of their lives. The question is, how large a part does that echo play? Early in ministry, we don't really know who we are. We know that we are saved. I, I would trust that we know that. If we don't, then we certainly have a problem. But we know that we are Christ's. Uh, we know that uh, God has placed this burden upon our lives, that we have been called to, um, to this ministry of service and so we, we have these, these bare essentials that are just skeletal in nature that need meat and, and muscle placed upon them. So what do we do? Well, we certainly gravitate towards those with which we have uh, uh, a, a mutual understanding of doctrine and theology. So a young man in his church, uh, if he surrenders out of his home church, my caution, and I've often counseled young men this way, uh, sit under your pastor um, listen to your pastor, uh, take notes, uh, go with him. I wished I would have done more of this looking back. But, uh, but certainly take from uh, the, the wealth that this man has because God has placed you in this position uh, for a time of growth. I think all of us 
uh, should consider the benefit of what it is to have to go for 40 years on the backside of the desert, uh, or, or as Paul did for that number of time after his ministry. That blessing of solitude, um, but being a young preacher myself still and remembering well those days uh, looking back, it was right out of the gate, right out of the chute. And I can appreciate that in a young man. I, I love to see that in a young man. But don't ever look over the gift of solitude and the gift of learning, sitting and soaking up uh, what is there. And in those days, you will gain this echo effect in your ministry. And there's nothing in itself uh, that's wrong with that. So for me, uh, of course, it was to sit under my pastor. God then uh, moved me from the church where I was, and I began to sit under another pastor who became very close, uh, a very much a Paul-like figure. There were uh, men who were being poured into my life who I wasn't necessarily even looking for at the time, but who God was bringing to my knowledge. And so I was hearing preachers um, through, uh, through audio sermons, through, um, through different things, and, uh, and, and the counsel and the advice you might get on these situations, uh, they vary from person to person. Some would say you never need to listen to another preacher. Uh, you never, uh, you, you ought not give much attention to the way that they speak or the way that they talk. I have to disagree. I believe that if you are being faithful in your local church, you will have to hear another preacher, and you should want to hear that man. He's your pastor. Uh, he becomes your favorite preacher, um, and he becomes the man with which you grow that relationship, and I want that for men in my church. I want them to feel as if uh, they can have some room with me to learn and uh, to grow and to feel unjudged and uncondemned because we all have the wild phases to go through. But nonetheless, the council changes from time to time. I know recently I read an article in the Expositor, a magazine that uh, uh, Dr. Steve Lawson publishes, which I highly recommend to anyone to subscribe to, who talked about what a young preacher, preacher should do as he's, uh, as he's gaining momentum in the ministry. Well, he ought to, uh, Lawson writes that he ought to read other sermons, he ought to hear other sermons, and he ought to write sermons um, for the pure reason of learning. This is not necessarily who you're going to be. You won't carry these things forever, but the echo has its place in that God is helping us become who we are. But the issue is this. So we turn the, uh, we turn the page and we discuss the danger of the echo. With the echo, you can become easily comfortable in having um, the, 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 the power of just repeating what you hear. And you build a ministry not on personally uh, intimate knowledge, things that you yourself have studied, but you become the, the echo of another that you hear, whether you know this person or you don't. And that carries us into a conversation of what's called sermon stealing, or of um, the, the lazy pastor who looks his messages up on the internet on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Issues like that that come into play, things that we'll talk about later on. I know that even now uh, there are controversies surrounding these issues. Just how far can we go? Well, the question shouldn't be, uh, how much can I take from this brother uh, so that I can use what he has said? The question should be, what would God teach me so that experientially, through my own invested time and study and practice, I then can live these truths. 
See, we preachers are too quick to sit in a pew at a meeting and, uh, and write the notes. I've been guilty of this myself, I'll be the first to say, to take notes from messages we hear in these meetings and then to go and preach them. Uh, we, may give, uh, we may give reference to the pastor or we may not, but what we're doing simply is echoing things we have heard without actually knowing uh, for ourselves all of these things to be uh, real and experienced in our lives, and I believe that that is a danger. You suddenly become a conveyor belt of, uh, of things that other men have said, and there's nothing wrong, I believe, with taking a, a truth that you hear, but you must formulate that for yourself. Uh, I, I've heard it said, I've even said it, if my bullet will fit, put it you know, in your gun, shoot it. Well, the problem is this, your gun isn't my gun. Uh, my, we're, we've got different calibers, uh, different reasons. You may have a, a shotgun, I might have a rifle. Or you might need the rifle for this service. And, you know, poor illustration, but you understand what I'm saying. No two men are alike. And uh, I believe it was, uh, I, I believe that it was uh, uh, Philip uh, Brooks uh, who said this uh, about... Um, about preaching. He said, preaching is the communicating of divine truth through human personality. The truth never changes, but it changes constantly. Uh, the person will change constantly. Uh, we are unique. No two men will preach one sermon alike. In fact, as Wearsby has said, no one man will preach one sermon alike if he preaches it more than once because his experiences will change. And so that's the difference between the echo and the voice. I find in John the Baptist this wonderful phrase spoken about him, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Because, uh, uh, because of John's ministry, he had a particular area uh, where J John was something altogether different. He was unlike the religious groups. He was unlike those uh, that had come before him. He was a light that was to shine and illuminate the path for the Messiah. He had a specific ministry. I don't believe there is ever... He's the last of the Old Testament prophets, in my opinion. There will never be another need for a John the Baptist like we had need of him after the dark period between Malachi and Matthew in history. So here comes John the Baptist, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. His identity, his persona, his delivery, his heartbeat was altogether all what God had made it to be of his own unique personality. Jeremiah tells us well that God knew us before he formed us, that God knew all about us. He understood our ways. He purposed us. He called us yet uh, before our birth. So we all agree that God's sovereignty is consistently at work in making us who we are. So the question is, how long is the echo going to be enough? There's no, um, there's no issue with having that echo as part of your ministry. All of us will have um, areas where we have gathered from others. We're always, at all times, should be open to learning, to criticism from those who uh, are around us, from men who we respect and who we love, those who have gone before us uh, preparing the way. So there's nothing wrong with a, uh, an echo, but the issue is when we are satisfied with only... Um, echoing or repeating what we have heard others said. So now we talk about the voice. So I want to talk today, uh, just briefly now for what little time we have left, I want to talk today about being oneself. 
being yourself. And there's some caveats, there's some little intricacies that I want to bring out of that when we talk about this, what it is and what it is not. So first of all, when we talk about quote-unquote being yourself, we need to find that being yourself is not finding yourself. There's a wonderful article uh, that was published by Kevin DeYoung, or rather by Ross Lester, I'm sorry, uh, which is titled, Ministry is Not a Place to Find Yourself. You've heard that phrase before. Those who um, are going through phases, so throughout teenage years perhaps, they go through these certain phases. If you have children, you may understand this, or you may have been that child who was seeking an identity uh, that yet did, that he, he or she did not have. And so uh, they began to anchor themselves to certain popular movements. And so they see the activity of one, and so uh, they follow in with that culture. And that will change. It will constantly seem to be fluid, always changing. One day this, and the other day that. And uh, so we find that that issue can crawl its way into the ministry. But this is not a place for you to work out who you are. This is not a place where the church or the audience becomes the guinea pig uh, for you to test out who or what version of you that you really uh, want to be. And here's the reason for that, because ultimately, to be who God made you to be, you must first understand that you must deny all ideas and 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 um, con- and um, and convictions and predispositions about yourself. Jesus said that whosoever would find his life will uh, will have to lose his life for his sake. So this warning is made clear. We must begin the journey with self-denial. Forget what you want to be. Forget what you think you ought to be and forget what you think men want you to be. Think concerning and think through the filter of what does Christ want of me? And even better question would be who in, in or, or how should I reflect Christ in me? Our identity is not wrapped to a culture and it's as, it's as clear and seen through preachers, young preachers oftentimes, a culture that exists in the certain way we dress, the mannerism, the delivery of our sermons, all those things. Don't tie yourself to the culture it's like you're trying to find out who you really are in that moment. You should already know that you are nobody, that you are filthy rags, and that Christ is your portion. He is your identity. And so do not use the ministry or the people you serve to be seeking out something that should already be there. It doesn't mean that we're not looking to change and to grow and to transform, being better uh, better uh, useful or better tools to be used in the hand of the Lord all the time, surely, but not in this crisis mode. And if that's an issue you face, my counsel is step back, step out, let someone uh, in authority take over and you deal with that, which some men have had to do. Secondly, being yourself does not mean hyping yourself. I've heard people say this uh, for such a long time and it bothers me. It truly is a pet peeve that I have when someone in a pulpit makes an absolute mockery of the gospel. They make an absolute terror of their sermon, it's complete, maybe it's emotionalism they focused on, maybe it's politics, maybe it's 
uh, pet sins they preach against. Maybe it's the arrogance you see in their delivery. And someone will say this about them. They'll say, oh, well, that's just brother so-and-so. Well, I'll tell you who that really is. That's a man who needs to be, uh, who needs to be uh, matured and who needs to be humbled. And I, I, I well could be that man. But understand with me, the pulpit is not your personal brand machine. Your, the pulpit is not a, a spotlight for you to gleam and to glitter. Uh, the, we need to lose the stage mentality we have at church. The pulpit sets upon a, a holy position, not that the tools or the instruments are holy within themselves, but they are images of a very holy and uh, a, a very reverential, sobering work that takes place where heaven literally meets on earth and God speaks through his man, speaks through his anointed. But friend, we should never take the opportunity to quote-unquote lift ourselves up, hype our brand. That's not what being yourself is. If that's your version of being yourself, then that's a a yourself you don't need to be. Thirdly, being yourself is not about losing yourself or perverting yourself. Going back to this idea of the echo, uh, being yourself is not about um, stealing the persona of another preacher or another character of, of the church and becoming that person, losing yourself in the process. I, I've known in my own life how that there were times you could not distinguish the way that I was talking from another preacher. And you could definitely distinguish me from the preacher, but I mean, you could, you could feel, you could, embarrassing as it was, you could sense instantly who I was mimicking. And uh, did I do that out of a heart of pride or of, uh, of, of uh, mimicry, mockery? I did that out of what I believed was love and respect of that gentleman, but what truly became an embarrassment because I was hiding myself, which is sometimes an easy thing to do. It's much easier and more comfortable to do instead of being the the true version of what God had saved and called me to be. So don't lose yourself in this. Remember uh, that that you are uh, God's child, that you are called. And these are not not words of inspiration necessarily. These are words of reminder. We believe what the Bible says. And the Bible says that uh, in spite of our sin, God has saved us. He has called us and he has promised that he will fulfill his work in us so that we do not have to lean or depend on ourselves or on someone else. Fourthly, being yourself, I would say, is about offering yourself. goes all the way back to this idea of self-denial. I believe that the pulpit in many ways ought to have the ring of an altar about it. In that, when we are behind the pulpit, yet before we ever enter the pulpit, we have laid ourselves down. We have denied ourselves. We have died to ourselves. We have sacrificed ourselves in that we no longer look to control the situation. We're no longer interested in getting our little pet phrases or our Hallmark card quotes across our little cut and dry sermonettes. We're no longer interested in, uh, in, in making people love us or getting the applause of men. We're no longer interested in all of those things. What we're interested in is magnifying and glorifying the Lord Jesus. The spotlight is upon Him. And so we trust today that some of these things will be thought-provoking. We trust today that you'll take 
uh, the truth of God's Word, a reminder of yourself, of your ministry, that we are to be bond servants, to be stewards of this gift, this heavenly gift that we have. It's not about us, it's about Him. And uh, we pray that this will be very, uh, very beneficial to you in your ministry. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to uh, talking to you again. And as always, please look us up on the internet, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can email us at, uh, at pf underscore uh, uh, fidelis20 at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we trust today that you'll have a wonderful day. To God be the glory uh, is our prayer for your life and ministry. Goodbye.